0: Back on The Federal Drive with Tom Temin on Federal News Network. I'm Jared Serbu, filling in for Tom. The Department of the Navy has a new strategy for dealing with climate challenges. Like past plans, it addresses what the Navy and the Marine Corps can do to make their operations more resilient to climate change. But this one also lays out some specific goals to reduce the service's impacts to the climate. Deborah Loomis is Senior Advisor for Climate Change to the Secretary of the Navy, and she joins us now to talk more about it. Ms. Loomis, I think the important place to start here is to talk a bit about why climate is a concern for the Department of the Navy in the first place and why the Navy needs a climate plan. Des- describe for us a little bit why it is important, or as, as the Secretary put it in his sort of preamble letter, existential, I think is the word he used.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh- so Secretary del Toro has called it existential. Others have as well. Secretary Austin, certainly, the president has. Secretary del Toro also called it one of the most destabilizing forces of our time. And it's hitting us as the Department of the Navy on a, on a few different fronts. On one hand, it's shaping the whole context you know, for the world, and certainly in which war fighting will happen. Right. So it's making the world a more unstable place. It's making it harder for us to respond by threatening our installations, challenging putting our sailors and Marines and our platforms in more challenging conditions and increasing the demand signal on things we need to respond to. So it's it's hitting us on a number of fronts and it's fundamentally shaping kind of the global global context.
0: I want to talk about the resilience side of the plan in just a minute. But but first, just l- let's go through some of the things the Navy believes that it should be doing as its contribution to things like reducing greenhouse gases, um, etc. The, the reducing the Navy's direct impact to climate change, I think, has not been as much of a focus in previous years under previous administrations, under previous secretaries. It very much is. In this plan. Can you talk first about why those factors are incorporated into this plan and some of the key things that you want to do there?
1: So, you are are right. We set kind of the strategic objective was to build a climate-ready force and we were very deliberate and intentional that that has two components. We can make ourselves resilient and we will absolutely do that. And uh, there's, you know, we have long track record of working on that and we can talk about some of the initiatives that we'll do on that front. And we do have a responsibility as part of kind of humanity, the greater collective. We have a responsibility to do our part like everybody else does. If not us, if not the Department of the Navy, an, an organization of just tremendous reach and breadth and agency, who else are we going to call on to do their part? When we do that, it's not just altruistic. We are we were very I hope diligent and um, made very clear in this plan how when we do that, when we reduce greenhouse gas uh, emissions, we make ourselves better warfighters. When we reduce um, a platform's need for fuel or refueling, if you can go longer between refuelings, that's a more capable platform. If you can generate energy for tactical forces at the far edge of the battlefield and reduce your need to resupply and reduce the vulnerability of supply lines, that is a more capable force. Those benefits go on and on. When you are at home on a shore installation, when we like Marine Corps Logistics Base Albany that we announced the day that we launched our strategy, we also announced that that was a net zero energy installation. They are saving around $600,000 a month in their energy costs based on and they expect that savings to grow based on being net zero those are savings that can be reapplied to something else making us a stronger force so we really do believe that there is no daylight and there's like only reinforcement between making ourselves more efficient and making ourselves a more capable force
0: Um, Let's talk about resiliency a little bit. What are are the most important things that you think the Navy needs to do in the near term to make those installations more resilient against these climate challenges? And maybe not just installations, but the the whole enterprise.
1: Well, we can start with installations. And we've been doing great work on energy for a long time. We have a commitment in the plan to really expand the use of microgrids and sort of long-term battery storage. For installations, energy is obviously a big concern in the face of climate impacts like storms, et cetera, wildfires, et cetera. So we have a long history on energy and we're going to continue those efforts, microgrids being one of them, in renewable generation, um, just energy efficiency again, making us, you know, the, the power that you don't need is is like the best kind of power. <laughs> so that's that's the most resilience. It's resilience you don't need to buy when you are more efficient. One of the things that we've emphasized in this plan that we have been doing, but maybe have been less vocal about, is nature-based resilience. And climate change comes down to water. Too much water, too little water, too hot. So the ability of nature to sort of mitigate or dampen or withstand those effects so we're going to work really hard and we have a lot of examples all around the country already on things like living shorelines we are a coastal force obviously as the department of the navy we are you know right on those right on those coastlines and facing all those impacts from storm surge and erosion and sea level rise so that is an area that we're going to invest in a lot it makes so much sense and we can partner with defense communities with other kind of conservation organizations, municipalities and really make those dollars go further and protect not just our bases but where we live and work in those communities and our neighbors.
0: And in speaking of dollars, the the plan talks specifically about integrating climate considerations into the budget process every year and the planning cycles every year. And I assume by that you're not just talking about Budgeting for climate-related activities, but but kind of weaving these things into everything that that the, the department does. Can you talk a bit more about how you think about that process?
1: Yeah. No. Exactly. You've got it. You've got it exactly right. And we've already taken a turn at looking backwards uh, when the administration came in. Looked looking backwards at what would we say are investments that are kind of cl- aligned to climate, either building resilience, making ourselves more efficient. And we're actually already spending quite a bit on things that are making us more resilient, are making us more efficient. And that is precisely because this is not a political endeavor. This happened through the last four years and there were significant investments um, in things like advanced batteries, You know, investing in domestic supply chains for batteries and other rare earth minerals that are key components of our platforms. So they have a climate angle and they have a very strong warfighting fighting angle. So I think you're you're exactly correct in that. What we're trying to do in this plan is make this not sort of a one trick pony, or there's no kind of silver bullet or, or magic program that I'm going to hold up and say, this is the answer, because the answer is going to come across all domains in many solutions that's large and small, like some of the ones I've already cited or like pull coatings making your ship have less friction on it so that it can go further that's a climate benefit it's a war fighting benefit as well so you're right it's absolutely integrated into everything we do and we're just looking at it more intentionally to try to make sure that we're making all the investments that we can and that we're smart about getting the greatest sort of climate bang for the buck that we can along with those war fighting and resilience benefits
0: Again, we're we're unfortunately, just because of time, not going to get to every single aspect of this report. But one interesting one is the Department of the Navy's plans for carbon drawdown, which is not something I have heard the military talk about being involved in before. Can you share a little bit about what the Don's doing there?
1: Yeah. So if you look at the Department of the Navy and trying to get to net zero, we have ships and aircraft and tactical vehicles that are going to be consuming fossil fuels for some time and you know we just can't turn that spigot off re- regardless of you know we can we can be really ambitious but that's just the reality for for a little while longer and so we we are harnessing the power of nature basic photosynthesis trees grasslands we manage around 5 million acres of land in the department of the navy that's a lot of nature and that's a lot of vegetation drawing carbon out of the atmosphere uh the international community has been clear that we as as a world can't reach the targets that we need to reach without investing in carbon drawdown at scale so we are fortunate to be stewards of a lot of lands and a lot of natural resources we have a wonderful track record of conservation and we think these are really kind of no-brainer bipartisan win-win-win all around when you invest in nature you are uh, making communities more resilient. You are making those bases more habitable, more um, more resilient to those climate impacts. So uh, this is an area that we're, they're, they're cost efficient. It's an area that we're really excited about. And we think it's going to be a key contributor to actually achieving that net zero.
0: Super interesting. Is that mostly just a matter of applying kind of already known science? Planting more trees, or or, yeah. is, or is there a, a learning process here too, where you're going to partially use Navy real property to study how how drawdown uh, can be done most effectively?
1: Yeah, I think you're right. There's both, you know, planting trees. Uh, there's what's called blue carbon, so things like sea grasses and kelp. Uh, we also manage a lot of land in the desert ecosystem, so water resilient. I look at the desert Southwest. Obviously, that's ground zero for climate change in this country, or you know, certainly one of the most striking challenges that we face. And so we're looking at what can we do, what can we learn about getting water back in those ecosystems, making that, that watershed function better than it is right now, and perhaps contributing to a solution set on water resilience for the country and for the world.
0: That's Deborah Loomis, Senior Advisor for Climate Change to the Secretary of the Navy. We'll post a link to the new strategy, Climate Action 2030, at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Still ahead on Federal News Network, coping with the national cyber workforce shortage. One company's approach is to hire more veterans. That's next on the Federal Drive with Tom Temin on Federal News Network. I'm Jared Serbu filling in for Tom. (coughs)
1: Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet.